So I actually love what our company does. We really do bring the everyday person an opportunity to connect with their inner artist. Welcome to the CAMcast. The CAM Project is the take action nonprofit organization to inspire, influence, and impact kids and teens worldwide. Your CAMcast host interviews older teens, parents, mentors, and specialists, providing tips, advice, education, inspiration, and a supportive community to kid and teen entrepreneurs. Introducing owner of Actionista Live and co founder of the CAM Project, your host, Samara Beth Hurley. Welcome back to the CAM Project podcast, where we influence, inspire, and impact kidpreneurs and teenpreneurs all over the globe. I'm Samara Hurley, co-founder of the CAM Project. CAM stands for Kid Action Makers. Ava's not here today because she is at school, but be sure to listen for her weekend interview. We have today our special guest, Daraja Asili. She is live from Washington, D.C., and I'm so excited to have Daraja here. We met on Clubhouse. Welcome, Daraja. Thanks, Amara. I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here, too. It's funny because we met from an event Clubhouse group, but we realized that we had actually met even sooner through the WIN, the Women Inspired Network, through Erica Maurer and Jessica Stewart. How did you, how did you become friends with them? That is a great question. That is so true. So I don't know if I initially knew of Erica, but I knew of the Event Planner Expo in New York City. And so I think I went to their very first one, not their, my very first one, I should say. (laughs) But I went to one of their Event Planner Expos in October of 2018. At the time I was um, living in New York City and really amazing event, um, had such an amazing time really great networking. It was phenomenal. I'm like reminiscing right now of like what life used to be like, <laughs> right? Live events, live events. Let's just go into the dream world, have a cloud exactly. above our head. Uh, oh, hugs. So, I remember. Warm hugs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I went to the Event Planet Expo. Now it's kind of fast forward. I didn't know necessarily that Erica was the person that was running that, right? I had just gone to the expo. I'm not sure how it came from my radar. Fast forward to Clubhouse. So in Clubhouse, I have a friend, Madison Back, and she's the owner of 4AM, um, New York City, a DJ-based entertainment company out of, of course, New York City. Her and I met through a program called Goldman Sachs 10K Space. So anyways, so Madison had introduced me to, I think, something that they had done as well virtually. So I kind of got in the ecosystem. And then I think in December, there was something with the women's. And then in January, and then Eric and I really connected in a room that Madison invited me in on Clubhouse. Yeah, the power of Clubhouse and connecting with people. Yes. uh, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but Clubhouse, which I've been on for two weeks, actually less than two weeks, it's like this secret affair almost. And it kind of has become a a guilty pleasure where you have the FOMO effect. You don't want to miss out on anything. You have that fear, but it's also very dangerous. It's a love and hate relationship with Clubhouse because it becomes so addicting, but it's so powerful and amazing. And I've met some of the most incredible people who have become mentors, coaches, and friends in a matter of 10 days. How about you? Totally agree. I know one of the things first joined Clubhouse, I believe like end of December. So it was right after my holiday rush. And so I had some like downtime. So it was like perfect. So I was so immersed in the rooms on Clubhouse. 
it just seems like time is completely different on Clubhouse than in real life. Because I remember one day, like I took one day off, one day off of Clubhouse where I did not get out at all. And I want to say, I think like Elon Musk was on. Yeah, well, I was actually moderating a room. I didn't expect to be moderating with a room full of award-winning authors. It was incredible, these bestseller authors, and they brought me in as a moderator. I was in awe because I'm writing a book that coincides with the CAM project. I mean, these are authors of multiple books. And all of a sudden, Guy Kawasaki is on Clubhouse, and I get pulled into that room by six people. So I had to kind of jump off, jump in there, listen to Guy, who's amazing, from Apple. And then jump back into where I'm supposed to be moderating. And it's kind of like being in a party, a room-to-room party, like a fraternity <laughs> room-to-room party, where you, you don't want to miss out in one room. And then you could just keep bouncing around. It really is what it is. That is so, so true. That is a great analogy. Totally agree. And it's very powerful. And it is for people over the age of 18. Although I have met some teenpreneurs Mm -hmm. on Clubhouse who have joined in with the club that I run for the CAM project. It's called, it's collaborating, supporting, and mentoring kids and teens, but the kids and teens aren't on Clubhouse. It's their parents and mental health specialists and entrepreneurs and people that want to be mentors and be part of this movement. And I can't believe they called it a movement. I have heard so many people tell me in the last week that the CAM project is a movement. It just blows me away that people find it that powerful, but it's very exciting. But this isn't about me. This is about you, Daraja. Can you share with our listeners what your company is, please? Oh, absolutely. And and I think you're true. Just real quick, like the CAM project is a movement. Like teen children entrepreneurs, it's so important, I think, to our country's economic system. To be able to, you know, have children at a young age, just learn how to handle money, how to negotiate, how to sell, how to buy low, sell high. I mean, all those things I think are super important. So I commend you for what you, your daughter and um, your organization is doing. Thank you for that. Thank you, Draja. Well, we're definitely going to have to bring you on board because I think what you do, the company that you run is the perfect partner with the CAM project and our kids. So tell us more about Happy Trees Entertainment. So we are a creative entertainment agency that focuses on bringing communities together in local spaces, and we have pivoted to virtual. So essentially what that means is right now we are bringing families together, military bases, teams at companies, and bringing them all together in Zoom, and then doing a paint party with them or a flower workshop. Um, so I actually love what our company does. We really do bring the everyday person an opportunity to connect with their inner artist. Because one of the things I wholeheartedly believe is that every single person has an artist within them. Um, and ironically enough, when I started doing these types of events, I personally had never painted in my entire life <laughs> other than maybe finger painting as a child. Right. So I, I literally ran these events for two years 
you know, hundreds upon hundreds of events a month. And I had never actually painted. So I remember my very first time attending one of my own events because I have a team of artists and super creative individuals that will lead guests through their creative experience. And I remember attending a paint party myself and I was terrified. I was so afraid. It was like a brunch paint party at one of our venues we work with in Richmond. I remember just kind of listening. I dragged a friend with me. Because <laughs> of course you can't do these alone, right? Had my mimosa. Mimosas helped. <laughs> definitely mimosas helped. And by the end of it, I just remember just feeling this immense sense of accomplishment. Like I had taken this canvas from blank to a finished, beautiful, wintry outdoor scene. Never in a million years did I think that was possible. And it was really great for me to kind of see what I know I've seen in action, what was happening with other people. Like I would see guests come in and be like, oh, why are you dragging me to this? And then walking out like, oh my gosh, I did this. So when I got to experience myself, I was like, wow, like, I'm so happy we're able to bring this to communities. And I'm excited that we were able to transition. And now we bring those same experiences to people throughout the country and actually even outside of the US. <laughs> We've had people from Germany and Sweden attend our virtual event to be able to bring that same sense of accomplishment and connection with their inner creative is just such a blessing. And that is the silver lining of COVID is that we're able to do so much more virtually and surround ourselves with people we would have never met otherwise. There is definitely a silver lining to COVID and becoming a virtual hybrid world. So I know hybrid will continue and I hope it does. I really do. So you mentioned a couple things that really resonated with me. One is I'm now remembering the one paint party I had been to, which was a blast. I think that this was, okay, so my daughter, Ava, who you all know from the camp project, she actually had salmonella poisoning and she was hospitalized in Houston at age three for a full week oh, wow. uh, because she was very, very sick and she almost died on a few occasions. And she was actually in and out of the hospital emergency rooms for over a year and was very sick for a long time. With all of that, I was exhausted and had been through so much, was living and sleeping on in like chairs of the hospital room and all that. And I was on the board of my sisterhood at my synagogue in Houston, and we had planned a pain party. And there was no way I was going to go. I was so tired and drained, was crying a lot. They dragged me out. And it was one of those pain parties with wine. And I'm a terrible artist. I just went for the wine. They're like, just come for the wine. I'm like, coming for the wine. And just the girl support, the camaraderie. And so I went and we had so much fun. And I couldn't believe how well I paint flowers. Um, that was amazing <laughs> because it's really step by step. And Ava here, she loves art and does a great deal of art. In fact, we're big on diamond dots and paint by numbers, um, which is doing that you can get at Michael's and such. And they're fantastic. They turn people into artists. It's wonderful. But to have it in a night and get it done in an hour versus having your dining room taken over by all these projects that we have sitting in every single table, there's so much value to that, Daraja. And I can't wait for us to have something with the CAM project. I'm thinking, here I'm thinking, wheels are turning, to a virtual, maybe hybrid, so I can be well, virtual because your artists are all over and you're in DC and I'm in Arizona now. So doing a virtual paint party 
with Ava and I, where we're painting on our end by camera. And then we bring on some people through the Can Project. We uh, do something live. Can we do it as like a Facebook Live, Instagram, live feeds? Do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely do that. I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do get it. Some kids and teens off their devices. Technically, I mean, their device is going to be videoing us. But hey, that's the devices were allowed. <laughs> the apps mm-hmm. were allowed. And then we can get even parents to do it. And all, what are the supplies that they would need? Yeah. So for the paint party, they would just need, we recommend three brushes, a big brush, a medium brush, and like a baby fine detail brush. So the bigger brush should be at least like an inch thick as far as the bristles. And that'll allow you to give some nice background stroke. The medium is just when you don't quite need as big brush. And then the fine detail is going to be your smallest. That's going to be for like your lines and just those little details that might be within the painting. Also to a paint, paint, so acrylic paint, water-based. Michael's has some great products um, as far as acrylic-based paint. And that's the best because it allows for easier mixing as well as you can add water that kind of helps with the spreading of the paint on the canvas as well. And of course, a canvas. Um, so you can get like a 16 by 20, 11 by 14, or even if you have a old cardboard box, you know, you could use that as your canvas. Um, I always suggest people to get creative. A cup of water, as well as like a rag to kind of watch up any changes or possibly add texture to the painting. Um, and then some sort of palette to kind of mix your colors on. So that could be a paper plate. It could be, once again, a cardboard box <laughs> for all those shipments everyone is getting. Um, and then we also, too, you can always order a kit from us. We do sell pre-packaged kit that includes all the supplies you would need. So a brush set, the five paint colors. What we typically re- recommend are blue, red, yellow, black, and white. And pretty much with those five colors, you can pretty much make any color you're going to want. Pretty much any color in the rainbow. So yeah, so essentially that, those are the supplies that you would need, your guests would need in order for the paint party. I love that so much. And I was going to ask if you had a prepared kit because I was going to talk to you about us creating one. And I love <laughs> that you have that. And you know why? Because the CAN project is also my co-founder uh, 11-year-old Ava Simone Hurley, is CEO of Whisk It With Flava. Now, Whisk It With Flava has aprons. Mm. So we could actually include Cam Project Whis- Whisk It With Flava aprons so it can be for art and crafting as well as in the kitchen. I so love it. Why don't we uh, talk about that? And for those of you listening, you might be saying, Hey, this is something that you guys can do offline. Why would you bring that up now, Samara? Because this is how Clubhouse works. Clubhouse works, and I don't work for Clubhouse. I don't get any any money for saying this. But Clubhouse and networking and marketing in any way, shape, or form, this is how it rolls. It's listening to people and what they provide, what their story is, what they are asking, and then turn around and see how can we help each other. And so Daraja and I are going to talk offline, but this is how it works. This is being part of a network. And the CAM project is going to help your kids and your teens and the parents with networking and creating a community that will last a lifetime and be very helpful to them. And these are some of the skills that we're going to teach the kids. 
These are skills that they'll use for the rest of their life and make them very successful entrepreneurs. This is such a great interview. I'm so glad that we have you as a guest. We're just going to take some time out for commercial break. Want to be a guest on Camcast or have your young entrepreneurs featured on Camcast Kids? Apply now at thecamproject.org. Hit the follow button for the Camcast Kids podcast and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. We are now back with today's special guest, Saraja Silly. I do have to ask you though, you mentioned military. Do you have a, a tie to military or is it just because you're in DC? No, ironically enough, yeah, so no ties to military bases. So when the pandemic first hit, I had the, of course, as we all did, <laughs> were affected, had all these plans for in-person events, essentially what my model was, doing these events in bars and restaurants. When I could no longer do those in that manner, literally revenue went to zero. I didn't have virtual at that time. I didn't have kits at that time. So I had to pivot. I know we've all heard that word (laughs) a lot in 2020. So I had to pivot my business. And I have to say too, I always give credit to being an alum of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. I went through the program in 2018. The cohort that I'm a part of, cohort 24, we have met pretty much every single month. Even when I was in Kenya, I'm pretty sure I hopped on a meeting. It was super late, I think, in Kenya time. (laughs) But I did. I hopped on a meeting. And so every month we meet as a cohort. And then when the pandemic hit, we started meeting every single week, really emailing each other. And as a result of having the support of that business community, I was able to get financing I need through the stimulus bill package that was passed within the U.S., I was already received the EIDL loan, the PPP, as well as pivot my business to virtual. So when I pivoted my business to virtual, figured out what these kits were going to be. And actually, ironically enough, when I first did it, I allowed people to choose somehow via the power of Google. A military base found me, actually a military base in in North Dakota. And I remember they're really my very first virtual event. To this day, they probably do an event with us at least once a quarter, but that gave me kind of the green light, like, oh my gosh, okay, this is going to work. I might be able to make it through this. And as a result of having worked with them, they referred me to other military bases. It's just been like an amazing experience and so thankful that I was able to pivot to virtual and that these organizations found me and gave me the opportunity to really bring creativity to them. Because I know like our very first event we did for that military base, I remember looking, I think we had almost a hundred people, you know, a hundred people. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And in each of those little Zoom boxes, there was also more people, right? So it was the parents, the children, multiple children, all painting together at the table. It was just a beautiful, beautiful sight when so much was so uncertain. So many people were going through so much pain. Um, it really was a beautiful to build a kind of other individuals in another part of the country and just really connecting with their own family via art. That's amazing. I don't know if you know this, but I married a naval officer from the Naval Academy <laughs> and <laughs> submarines for eight, was it eight years, I guess, um, we were, I was a Navy wife and it's really hard and you do get into a lot of the direct sales. And I was actually a pampered chef advanced director. I was a pampered chef consultant for eight and a half years in three states. We are always looking for things to occupy us and keep us busy because it's really hard 
when your spouse is deployed for three, four, six months at a time. I'm glad that you're able to provide that for them. We didn't have paint parties back then, but we had the Tupperware and the Pamper Chef and uh, the crafting and the scrapbooking and all that. And it really does keep you very busy and it keeps you together. And there's always wine and cheese and fun. And it's a good thing that you're doing. Um, I love the kits idea. I love that the Cam Project and Whiskey with Flava can be part of that by including aprons. And we will certainly talk about that um, offline. But I'm just curious, how did you decide to become an entrepreneur versus working for someone else? What was the mindset there? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think I just really have had an entrepreneur spirit since I was a young, like a young person, like a young child. And I think just at the time I was growing up, there just wasn't those conversations, like being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, or even being a kid entrepreneur, it just wasn't a thing. So I don't think that would ever came into my psyche. I just remember as a kid, I always wanted to try all the jobs, right? So I wanted to be a flight attendant. I wanted to work in a, don't ask me why, but <laughs> I wanted I, I wanted to work in a fast food restaurant. For some reason, as a young seven, eight year old, I thought that would be fun, right? And ironically it was enough- the out, I, It was the outfits. It was, was the, it? the uniform. It was the uniform. Because I look back and I'm like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> and so interesting. <laughs> I really okay. had the opportunity to kind of, do all those different jobs. So as a young person, I think all before I was 19, I had the opportunity to work in a law firm. I had an opportunity to work as a teller in a bank. I worked in a clothing store. I had a paper route. I also organized, I loved organizing garage sales. I love, I love that. <laughs> I cannot even tell you how many garage sales we've had because we because we were military and we moved so mm-hmm. often. Especially living in Hawaii. Garage sales are very big in Hawaii. You would do well there. You could actually make a business out of that. I can imagine. (laughs) That is so true. That's actually a really great idea of something to teach kids and teens um, is the garage sales. And I I had a huge one in Houston when we moved to Vancouver Mm -hmm. because we just sell most of our stuff. And I definitely had the kids involved. So garage sales is something I need to keep in the back of my head for uh, helping these kids as well and making some money. So it sounds like you did a little bit of everything. And then what was the point where you're just like, I don't want to work for anyone anymore? I just don't even think so. Like that wasn't necessarily my trajectory, right? I don't know if I was never that person like, oh, I have a nine to five and I hate my nine to five, right? It just wasn't like that. I tended to always do like super well at whatever job I was. And for whatever reason, I also tended to have a lot of flexibility in non-traditional jobs. So like sales jobs where I traveled, over the country. And I love to travel. So someone else is paying for it. And then in addition to that, I always had some sort of kind of side thing I was doing when I realized kind of, wait, actually know what I could be a business owner is I would had moved out to LA. Ironically enough, I stopped in Arizona for a hot second and it was too hot. (laughs) I was there in June. That's and funny. so I had a job and everything that was amazing, but I just couldn't deal with the heat. And I visited a friend in LA and I fell in love with Venice Beach. So I quit my job, moved out to California, had no job. She introduced me to someone that owned several businesses in LA, a hair salon and a cellular store at that time. I was like, cool, I can do this. So I managed his cellular store, right? And pretty much I was given free reign 
to essentially run a business. And so I built up his sales team. You know, we started doing before he was just retail. And then I got him into um, B2B sales. And then I created a whole nother company for him as a wholesale division. Then I think at the time too, there was stuff happening within the real estate world. And he wanted to start up a mortgage company. And I was like, huh, maybe. But then he wasn't that interested in giving me ownership. because I think I'm pretty sure I did ask for it. And he was like, no, I just want you to run it. Okay. And at the exact same time, some friends of mine back East were starting up a mortgage company. So um, I connected with them and then we ended up starting up a mortgage company. I came in more from the business development side. There was someone on our team that had extensive experience within the mortgage world. And that literally was like my first company with three other people. Yeah. So we did really, really well, really helped people in communities in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. We also had an office in South Carolina and eventually became a lender. And then of course, the mortgage meltdown, <laughs> right? So, right? So that happened and that was absolutely devastating. Like that for me was a realization because I put everything into this business and just with all the regulations that were happening, we just weren't able to kind of see our way out of it. So that kind of closed that chapter. And I kind of took a year off just to kind of reflect, spent some time at this place I really enjoyed going to in California, volunteered some of my time there, and then kind of like resetting myself. I realized that a lot of my clients in the mortgage space were also actual business owners. And so I had had a lot of experience and I was really good at sales and kind of taking some sort of product or service and making sure that the right people kind of got to it. And so I started up a consulting company and I started consulting with small to medium-sized businesses, also had some larger contracts. And then from there is what kind of brought me into the art world. I was, you know, kind of doing really well as far as like on a business level, but I wasn't really feeling passionate about what I was doing. And so I remember thinking to myself, all right. So I want to like, what would I do if I, if money didn't matter? Right. And I just really wanted to get involved. I don't even know if I really want to get involved, but I think what happened was I went to an event in New York city and it was this art showcase and it was amazing. And it had, all, it had musicians and fashion designers, visual artists, pop-up art galleries in a bar. It was so much fun. And ironically, if the person who put on that show, her and I are friends to this day, and so it turned out they were do the company that was putting on these shows were looking to hire another company to help them with DC. So I kind of put in my hat for it, ended up getting it, and that was really just for fun, but that entered me into this world of producing these multifaceted art showcases. So we went from doing them in a bar to doing them in the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. And we would have anywhere. Wow, from- that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was amazing. And my team was great that I built there. Like I knew nothing about sound. Do you know what I did? I found someone who's a genius at sound. <laughs> Well, that's what we do in the event industry. We learn to delegate to our vendors and creative partners. Exactly. So You look um, like you know what you're doing. Please do that. Exactly. Yeah. So that really gave me kind of an entree into, I'd been in pretty much most of my career in this very like corporate, you got to wear a suit kind of a world. And now I was really just opening myself to all these amazing artists 
And one of the common thing I kept on hearing was like, I don't have any money, right? And in my head, I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any money? You have this artwork. You're freaking amazing. Like people want to buy this stuff. Then I started trying to figure out, okay, how can I kind of connect those worlds, right? They have this amazing, because at the end of the day, an artist has these amazing services and or products, their artwork that's available for sale, right? And so how can I share some of these tools I've learned that they can utilize for themselves? So now their art is making them money. So then pops on the paint and sip world. I had artists that had shown with me, they wanted to make some extra money. I was like, hey, if you know we put these events on, would you want to teach people how to make like paintings? And they're like, yeah, that'd be fun. And work. I think we we're doing events in DC. We had a, it was really, really quick. I think within six months, we we're up to like 60 events a month. And then we expanded right. to Richmond. And within that six month period doing business, we had hit six figures just in, wow. just in pay parties. Yeah. And you can't even paint in the lines. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And at that point I had not painted yet. So it was just, I was good at organizing. I recognized, Hey, you have this amazing skill. Let me connect you with. And then the other piece of it, we're going into bars and restaurants, bringing people to their venue on their slow night of the week. So they're getting money, right? For people coming in and eating and drinking. We're getting a space to do the events in. And so it was like, once again, one of the things I'm a big proponent of is the win-win for everyone. So there's restaurants that I have worked with for, you know, the whole seven years I've been doing this. So Teaism um, is a local tea shop here in DC and they have, that time I think they might've had like four different locations and we're doing events in two of their locations. And soon we're going to be actually starting a Teaism Tuesday to kind of once again, help them. It'll all be virtual, of course, but people would buy their food from Teaism, you know, support that local restaurant and then come in on to Zoom and do a paint party with us as they're enjoying their teaism foods. Wherever I can kind of connect people and really support um, local businesses, I'm all for it. I love that you're doing that too, that you're going to outside venues that are not the, like, there's a lot of painting party facilities that are in shopping centers. And so you always have to go to them, but I love that you're coming to the guests or you're also going to restaurants and supporting them and bringing money everywhere else, which is going to be amazing with COVID. So hopefully you'll be able to do more of that here in Scottsdale. I know you left in a hot minute, but if you come now, it's 79 degrees. So uh, this is the place to be this time of year. I am actually wondering if you have a bit of advice that you could provide to the kids and teens that are listening or to the parents of those kids and teens who are listening, if they want to become an entrepreneur or if they have an art form or something, what kind of advice can you give them as an entrepreneur yourself? Yeah. So for... Young people that want to be an entrepreneur, my biggest thing, or even for adults, is just do it. I, I find so many times that people talk about it. They watch Shark Tank. Oh, that sounds good. And at the end of the day, you have an idea. Put that, whether it's a product or service, figure out exactly what that is. Put a price tag on it and sell it. See who's going to buy it, right? And you can always iterate it as you move along. I think a lot of people get very stuck in the whole planning page of like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And sometimes you just have to get out there and just do it. I know my nephew, uh, it was so cute when he was like, I don't know how old he was. Maybe he was like five. 
But so we're a big Shark Tank. Are you a big Shark Tank family? I've watched a few of them. And then, of course, I was also part of the Event Planners Expo, the one in 2019. And they had Damon John and Mario Armstrong and all kinds of Shark Tank presenters who are amazing, who I am now in rooms with in Clubhouse. So I feel like I know them. I really think that Ava should be on Shark Tank with Whiskey with Flava because we're developing a baking line as well. But she sells her baked goods too. So Shark Tank may be in our future, but I am familiar with what it is and I have watched episodes. Yeah. So my nephew grew up like just with watching Shark Tank. And I remember one time there was a meeting at his parents' house because uh, a group of us were getting together for something he had created popcorn and he was selling popcorn to all of us, you know? And so, right. And I just think like those, those opportunities for children to just kind of, he made the popcorn, he bagged the popcorn, he labeled the popcorn, right? Oh my gosh. I love it. He ran around to each person and people paid him for the popcorn. So my encouragement (laughs) and for the parents is like, your child has this amazing idea, like help them just kind of build it out to fruition and kind of see where it goes. Because I think the biggest success is when you can take something and then someone pays you money for it, right? And then you have that exchange and you're like, oh, wow. And then you can always approve upon it, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Like it will never be perfect. Just as long as you're taking one step in front of the other, you're going to get to where you need to go. And there are going to be people along the way that are going to be able to help you. I know in college, I had the opportunity to work with an organization called Nifty. I think it stands for National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship. And so it was all geared toward teaching young people, right? So we worked with an after-school program. I was one of the facilitators um, because I went through their program through Georgetown to be certified. And then the young people, they literally went through a little MBA. So part of their program was they identified what their business was going to be. And then we took a bus trip to New York City to the wholesale district. They were each given um, a small seed fund, right? I think it was like $50 or $100 for them to buy their products that they were then going to sell, package and sell at this like kids fair we were doing, right? So once again, just actually doing those different things. So you can see that I can do this. It's going to make money. And then I can reinvest it in my business and see how that that can grow. I love that so much. I cannot believe we are running out of time. We've been talking for like 40 minutes. (laughs) I could go on and on with you. We're going to have to have you back. And we definitely need to do a painting party. Um, I'm thinking March, but let's see if we can get these kits collaborated and all that too. Maybe first. Um, So how can listeners find you um, on social media and your website? Absolutely. So you can find me at happy trees with an S entertainment.com. So it's H A P P Y T R E E S entertainment.com. We're also on Facebook, happy trees entertainment and Instagram and Twitter as happy trees underscore E N T. And I'm on clubhouse. <laughs> as and um, if you have, if you're not sure how to spell anything, don't worry. We're gonna put all of that in the show notes so you can take a look at that. I want to thank you for being a guest on the Cam Project podcast. I know, and I'm gonna tell you now that Ava is going to be really upset. She missed this interview. She's gonna want to be on one with you. So she thinks she's an artiste as well, um, which, you know, helps with baking, by the way. Baking is an art form, and it's also the decorating, the fondant. We have airbrush 
uh, very nice high-end airbrush uh, kits as well as watercolors and all that. So I know that her training with your artist is going to be super helpful to her uh, and help with her skills on a cake. Yeah. Uh, so that would be, yeah. So we might have to do some private lessons too. What do you yeah. say? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely look forward to, to meeting her. And Samara, thank you so much for having me for, I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to meet and to learn about the CAM project. And I'm definitely excited to coordinate a paint party with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yay. There'll be wine too. <laughs> Not for the kids. The kids will get the kids um, apple juice. Sparkling. Right. They'll have the <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for joining the CAM Project podcast where we influence, inspire, and impact kids and teens all around the globe. I appreciate we're here with Daraja Asili out of DC, and I appreciate your time and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We would love to consider your kid or teen as a potential guest on CamCast Kids, hosted by the Cam Project co-founder, kidpreneur Ava Hurley, and friends. Also accepting applications for parents, educators, specialists, and entrepreneurs on the CamCast. Visit thecamproject.org to apply. Remember to follow our podcasts and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.